What up, AOTA family? Welcome to Passing Period and all of the above podcast extra. As you know, we like to drop these in between our full episodes. Now, our full episodes have super dope guests. And, you know, Jeff, I think actually it might be worthwhile to explain to folks because we might have some new listeners uh, for this passing period who maybe weren't, you know, who maybe just recently discovered our show because we've had some pretty dope guests um, recently. And I think our our reach is expanding. And I just want to highlight that, like, when we say super dope guests, like we mean folks who, according to our understanding of their work and our appreciation for their work, These are folks who center marginalized perspectives in our ongoing effort, collective effort to fight for educational justice and to really shape this public education system into something that's humanizing and supportive and that uplifts students of all backgrounds. And these super dope guests are um, are just that super dope. And our most recent one was Dr. Christopher Davis. That episode, if you missed it, it just dropped last week. Uh, He was talking about teacher certification and credentialing and and finding community, especially for teachers of color and not just in the entering the profession type of space of certification um, or credentialing, I should say, but also in the space of like advanced certification and and going for that national board um, certification. And and that was a dope episode. And before that, we had Dr. Jason Kimseda talking about preparing teachers for ethnic studies. So folks, if you are new to the show by the way my name is manuel rustin your favorite teacher's favorite teacher if you are new to the new to the show um, we definitely definitely want to give you a warm welcome and encourage you to hit that follow or subscribe button and um man welcome to the family jeff it is Man, the school year is basically here. Like, well, this is the end of July. I think a lot of schools start in August. I know our school starts in August. Um, some folks maybe already started. Summer, summer might be over, man. How you doing? How you doing? Man, I am doing. Uh, I'm doing fine. I'm doing fine. I had to think about that for a quick second because, in the grand scheme of things, I'm doing fine. And yeah, there was a pause there, it, man. There was a pause. There was a pause. I. Um, I, there was a pause because this is like the craziest week of the year in my realm of things, um, which, you know, I know sounds counterintuitive because I work in Los Angeles and the school year hasn't started yet. But um, it is um, we have a, a major event that I oversee that's coming up uh, starting this this week. So I will be grinding most of the weekend. I will be, uh, you know, hard at work all week. And um, it is it's a it's a fun event. We gather all the leadership teams from across all the schools and we do, you know, lots of good thinking and planning and connecting with our values and our vision and our mission and good stuff like that. Um, and it's just great to be in a space with like all these brilliant, you know, hardworking, talented people. Um, and it's a lot of work and it's exhausting. So, (laughs) you know, there's that too. Um, (laughs) I know that's right. Yeah. So it's, it's going down, it's going down. There's, um, this is that sort of like uh, sprint to the beginning, you know, not sprint to the finish, but like sprint to the start um, phase of the school year for or of the calendar year for, you know, administratory types like myself. And, um, you know, it's going down, man. We're I'm excited about it. And I'm also, um, you know, I'm trying to trying to be purposeful. I'm getting my exercise in. I'm trying to make sure I'm getting my sleep, you know, do it, doing what yeah. I need to do. That's crucial, man. That's crucial. And just want to give all the love, all of the 
things to those of you out there in the administrator space, in the teacher space who are preparing for the school year. Hey, fresh start. That's the most wonderful thing. Not the most, but one of the most wonderful things about this profession. And I'm about to start year 20. And I just love the feeling of a fresh start of like whatever happened last year. That was last year. And here we have a chance to uh, begin anew. And shout out to everybody who's out there setting up their classrooms, who's out there uh, designing their uh, back to school PD, whatever that might be for their school staff or what have you. Uh, shout out to everybody out there, all the custodians and cust- uh, campus staff who are gearing up to, to set the conditions just right for all these young students to to come back to campus. Uh, shout out to everybody, man. This is a, it's kind of a, you know, uh, for me, it's like a love-hate type of year, uh, time of year because it's like the excitement and the let's go, but also the like, damn, summer's really over or really ending. And that was a nice break. And it's going to be a minute to the next one, but it's all good because here we are, we in this together and we are, for folks who are who are wondering or who are new to the show, uh, Jeff and I are, are, are full-time educators, man. We really out here, like I'm in the classroom year 20 and Jeff, as he just laid out, is doing this hard work, uh, gearing up and, and helping support um, administrators and, and it's difficult for us to continue to produce such a, what I think is a really good show um, and to stay on a consistent calendar with so much going on, you know? So it's gonna be a, a little bit a little bit of a, a break before we have our next super dope guest on. So you're gonna get several passing periods in a row and our passing periods are audio only productions where it's just Jeff and myself. And I do wanna shout out a recent review that we got um, from Dr. Dunsky. I hope I'm saying that right. Dr. Dunsky left a five-star review, uh, which we very much love and appreciate um, all of you who, who leave those reviews for us. And Dr. Dunsky wrote, I never miss an episode of AOTA. These hosts are awesome and the topics deep and timely. It's easily in the top 10 education podcasts out there. I'm ready for an AOTA basketball mini episode. Yo, shout out to you, Dr. Dunsky. First of all, top 10 education podcasts. We'll take it. We'll take it. We are going to endeavor to make it into your top five and then your top three and hopefully uh, get in a space where we're not number two or three. So thank you so much for for rolling with us and being there for each episode of all of the above. And as far as that basketball mini episode goes, man, I'm letting y'all know that like, I will be insufferable if my Sacramento Kings like build on what they did last year and start to like really, really make, I will become insufferable, but you're going to have to wait because it's man, Niners season is loading. And I will also be insufferable if my 49ers finally, finally get over the hump and, and make it back to the Super Bowl. Just letting y'all know that even though this isn't a sports podcast and Jeff, I'm pretty sure you are very excited to continue your hatred of Chris Paul and, um, We'll see uh, how that works out for him up there in Golden State. So that basketball yeah. mini episode, you know, it might be little bits and pieces here and there, just so just so y'all know. But Jeff is ready, ready to keep him ready, Chris Paul, man. Well, here's the thing, and not only am I ready to express my hateration, uh, which I admit wholeheartedly of uh, CP3, worst uh, basketball player of all time, or I should say, my least favorite basketball player of all time. We can also lump in my number two least favorite, James Harden. Uh, the beard who kind of redeemed himself last year uh, with Philadelphia um, a little bit, but 
now I feel like I'm starting to hate him just as much as always again. So uh, we can do a whole episode on how whack Chris Paul and James Harden are. <laughs> I'm here for it. Um, I also have to say that, um, you know, since Manuel is a Sacramento Kings fan and I, at least by by birthright, am a Minnesota Timberwolves fan. Uh, <laughs> We, it, it would be among the saddest versions of, of NBA basketball discussion for, for us to talk about our teams uh, and their yeah. collective zero championships. And, uh, you know, actually, I don't know. Did the Kings win one like back in the day, back in the ABA days or something before, like that? Yeah. Yeah. Well, before they ever even sniffed coming to Sacramento. Yeah. Okay. Way, yeah. way, way back. Was that like the Oscar Robertson era or something like that? Uh, I don't yeah. know, but uh, yeah, that, yeah, but yeah, the Timberwolves don't even have that era. We just have we have the wasted potential of Kevin Garnett era, and we have the garbage. And now we have the like, oh yeah, cool, but Carl Anthony Towns is trash uh, era. So you know. It is what it is. Yeah, but actually, yeah. our, our teams are maybe both on like an interesting, like optimistic, young talent upward swing. So we'll, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. There we have it. Yes. All right. To be continued one day, if, if our teams do anything. Because trust me, I will not. I will not be mentioning any of my teams if they're trash. Like, you just won't. <laughs> I just, no, I refuse. Um, uh, so, yeah. Also, I want to, you know, for the whole, the whole rest of the AOTA family, like... Man, I just, well, I want to say, obviously, we appreciate you. Um, I love, obviously, being part of this space with y'all. And every once in a while, I get, like, uh, somebody will uh, send me a, like, a picture that they took at a training. And they'll be like, look, they're using y'all's interview with Goldie Muhammad to open up our training. Or they're using y'all's uh, interview with so-and-so uh, during this training I'm in. And I very much love that, but I'm always shocked about it because like we need, we never hear about these things. Like it's really hard to measure and really hard to um, not technically measure because like there are analytics and stuff with the week that we could look at, but it's really hard to gauge just how many like super dope educators are out there who are really tapping in to all of the above consistently and implementing some of what we discuss on any of our shows into their daily work. Like it's really hard to measure that. So shout out to Dr. Dunsky for leaving this review. If you are out there in the AOTA family and you found our show in any kind of way helpful, either in, you know, meetings, training, or just your own thinking, like Definitely, definitely um, take a moment when you can to uh, let us know that, especially in a review. Those reviews go a long way. So, you know, if you're in a training and or man, I had I had somebody reach out to my wife about a class that they were taking in some other state. I, I don't remember what state. And it was with some professor I never heard of. But on the syllabus was a AOTA episode. And I was just like, what the hell? Like, if, if that stuff, if you see that stuff, like, yo, throw that in a review. Be like, yo, I was in the training and they use this and, you know, great show. Da, da, da. That would go a long way. That would go a long way. In any case, man, we are like 10 minutes into this and we haven't even talked about this this week's this week's story, Jeff. So let's go. Let's go ahead and get into it for passing period. Jeff, normally we use this space to talk about a story that we that didn't make it into our most recent full episode. And it turns out there's like a couple stories. Um, in fact, a whole lot of stories just from this week. So Jeff, I'm going to let you decide what story we're going to discuss. I'm going to take a moment real quick just to do a rundown of the stories. 
And I'm gonna leave it to you, man. You're you're the, you're the principal here, man. It's your decision, man. Whatever you want to go with, that's that's what we'll do. So I'm gonna read through the headlines, and just give a quick like, you know, little bullet point about that's, what that's about. That's how we're gonna do this. Yeah, uh, that's how we're gonna do it. You're the principal, man. What you want me to do, top, man? Top down leadership by by fiat. Hey, Is that what you set me up? <laughs> hey, for? you're the administrator. Just tell me what to do, man. All right. So okay. so here we go. Here we go. And I'm I'm gonna group these headlines somewhat by like geography. So we'll start with the California headlines since we are based in California. So um, one story, uh, the headline from the LA Times says, um, Temecula School Board adopts social studies curriculum, avoids a fine, but faces civil rights inquiry. And that's a story about a school board out here that refused to adopt this new social studies curriculum because it had the audacity to mention civil rights icon Harvey Milk, a gay rights activist icon Harvey Milk. So the school board was like, nope, we're not gonna, we're not gonna adopt that. That's that's gay. We're not doing that. And then uh Governor Gavin Newsom was like, all right, I'm gonna slam y'all with a $1.5 million fine. And uh magically the school board um went back and adopted the curriculum after all with the school board president saying we have a fiscal responsibility so i can't steer this district into more legalities all right so that's one story another story out of california california school board battles over lgbtq plus rights intensify after transgender vote in chino and basically uh the district out there in chino held a vote and voted four to one to approve a parental notification system that requires school officials to alert parents if a student requests to use a name or pronoun other than those listed on official uh, records. And our state superintendent of public instruction, Tony Thurman, went to that meeting, was speaking out against this uh, highly transphobic move, and uh, they booted him out. They cut his mic and booted him out. So that's another story uh, that we could discuss, Jeff. Um, over in Texas, we have three headlines. The first one is Houston Independent School District to eliminate librarians and convert libraries into disciplinary centers at NES schools. New, uh, NES is new education system. That's the new, um, the state takeover in Houston that's happening. That's like the new system to like get those schools reformed and turned around, whatever, whatever. And basically they're going to shut down a whole bunch of libraries, uh, 28 actually, 28 librarians and uh, media specialists being um, fired or removed. And then those spaces being turned into disciplinary spaces, nothing dystopian there. Another story that we could talk about, Jeff, Texas A&M University president resigns after black journalists hiring at campus unravels. Uh, long story short, Texas A&M, um, they hired a really esteemed journalism professor to head up their uh, department. And when folks caught wind of her past work promoting diversity, gasp um a firestorm ensued and it all turned into a nightmare and eventually the president of the university resigned over it another story separate from that texas a&m suspended professor accused of criticizing lieutenant governor dan patrick in lecture um that's pretty much exactly the headline pretty much says it all uh professor evidently criticized the lieutenant governor of Texas. And by the time she made it home, she received notification that she was put on leave. Wow. All right. And then Florida, because when do we ever leave Florida out of here? Florida uh, in their competition to have the most outlandish headlines. Of course, the big story uh, this week was that uh, Florida's black history standards received an update that includes um 
teaching middle schoolers, quote, how slaves developed skills, which in some instances could be applied for their personal benefit. Another story out of Florida is that um, the lessons, well, let me read this, this headline here. It says the lessons Florida public school students will learn from PragerU kids. In other words, PragerU, that really right-wing um, baddie online, um, whatever you will want to call it. It's not a university, even though the U stands for university. Um, they have these really outlandish right-wing videos that are geared for children. And we previously reported about a controversy over a teacher using one of these videos in a school in Ohio and just how like inappropriate and wrong it was for the teacher to use this material. Well, Florida just said, actually, we approve all of that. So now if you're in Florida, your kids could be watching some of these videos that include one called um, Mateo Backs the Blue, which is a anti-Black Lives Matter pro-cop uh, propaganda video where a Mexican immigrant um, named Mateo um, sees all of the the rioting and all the, the craziness of the Black Lives Matter summer 2020 and um, grows to build a, a bond with his school resource officer and views cops as guides and mentors and practitioners or protectors, I should say. Um, am I leaving any out? Oh, one more headline, Jeff. If you're still, I'm, I'm, it's a lot. I'm sorry. This is, it's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> it just, it gets worse, folks. <laughs> and this ain't even Man. everything. Um, and then another headline is, uh, the college board revisits its contentious decisions and edits to AP African American Studies course. And that's basically a story about how Trevor Packer, um, from the college board at their summer meeting. I don't know what you call it. Shoot, some of our listeners might've been there. Uh, whatever summer institute thing that the college board does, um, he basically admitted, well, let me just read his quote and that'll be the summary for the story. In preparing for the second year of the pilot, we removed some of the readings that would make the course illegal in particular states. We removed particular topics that would have made it illegal for a teacher to teach this class. In other words, he's admitting, yes, they do highly alter their stuff in order to not um, break any of these anti-truth laws that are passing in all these states. So in other words, the College Board is is compromising its own stuff in order to um, get the approval of these right-wing um, nuts. So Jeff, that's a lot of stories, man. And the, we left some of them out. There's the, you know, the headline about teacher skills taking a hit during the pandemic, um, according to some report. And that's, you know, clickbaity type headline. There's other stuff we could have talked about. But um, yeah, of those, Jeff, you're the principal, man. You're the principal. Tell me what's 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 the lesson plan for today, man? Which one you want me to teach, man? Or not teach, but in this case, discuss. Oh, you know, the great irony of that question, Manuel, is if you were a teacher in Florida, shout, and also shout out to a recent guest on the show, Lorena Herman, uh, whose episode, uh, what was it now, a couple months ago, was about this very sort of issue, right? Like the insanity that's happening in Florida and the risk that it poses to all of us everywhere. Uh, yeah. Shout out to her, because I know it's it's hard times down there, uh, especially if you're like out front trying to do good work as, as she is. Um, you know, the, the great irony of the question you just asked, Manuel, is honestly, in right now, in a state like Florida and in many other states now across the country, like we're talking about about half the country, and the entire country, in at least some areas, would you be at risk if you did this? Teaching any of the articles that we just referenced about these stories as like factual recountings of what's happening in America 
could be construed oh, yeah. as, as like illegal conduct as a teacher. Oh, right? yeah. So like even teaching about the, the racist nonsense that these folks are up to right now and the transphobic and anti-LGBTQ and sexist and classist, like even talking about it. Right. Is uh, that the chilling effect is in place. The threat to teachers, jobs and job security came to university. Right. Is in place. Uh, you know, th this is insane. Man, well, this is absolutely insane. And the other piece I will I will just know before actually answering your question is, I believe looking at the dates on the bylines of these stories, Manuel, that the earliest of the stories we just listed was dated July 21st. Okay. Today's July 29th. <laughs> oh, so I guess technically that was, that was like a week ago yeah. yesterday, right? but this is just the last week. This is just one week of nonsense that the right wing growing and accelerating uh, effort to intrude upon uh, this, the sphere of public education with white supremacist uh, patriarchal homophobic, uh, you know, Christian nationalist uh, type of stuff, um, you know, type of a policy agenda. This is what they've been up to in just the last week. Okay. So when, when we couple months ago had Lorena on. You should definitely go back and check out that episode, folks. Lots of real wisdom in there, I think, for, for consideration, especially if, like us, you work in a, you know, in a place, you work in a bigger city, you work in a, you know, maybe a blue, so-called blue state, you work in a, you know, a red state, but a place that's just not like full of complete nut jobs who are, you know, worried about things that aren't problems and just just drumming up pure hate as a policy agenda. Um, this is a national risk right now, national crisis. So what we're going to do, Manuel, is talk about it at that level. Um, in, in the notes of this episode, we'll have links to those eight <laughs> stories that Manuel described, uh, complete insanity happening all around us. Um, but also, I think we need to zoom out and say, like, what is going on here? Because this is from California to Florida across, you know, the entire spectrum of the United States politically, geography, you know, geographically, um, you know, this is what's happening. And I think, Manuel, a couple really important ideas come to mind for me. One is it's very clear that the, the folks who are pushing this type of uh, policy violence, and it, I was happy to see there was a story in the AP about Ron DeSantis this week that we'll, we'll link below. You know, Ron DeSantis, of course, defending the, um, the new Florida uh, African-American history standards that uh, talk about how, you know, slavery wasn't that bad. Slavery, not only was slavery not that bad, it had some positive effects, like giving us skills, uh, <laughs> many of which were skills that were originally invented in, say, <laughs> Africa, uh, yeah. and, and for which enslaved people were actually sought out and captured because they had certain skills that they could bring to America. But we're going to ignore that history and just say, like, Massa done taught me to be a good blacksmith. And now I, I can be free and be a blacksmith and live under Jim Crow and be happy in Florida. Like, this is this is what's going on. So uh, the headline, though, in the AP talks about, you know, civil rights leaders see a pattern of policy violence. And I think that's the right phrase to use here, that what's what's happening and what we are seeing is 
a pattern of policy violence. Um, it is a, uh, I've referred to it in the past as a, like a campaign of psychological warfare, which I think to, to me still stands that this is the weaponization of ideas and truth, um, as a means to perpetuate an, an intentionally and knowingly and willfully oppressive agenda, uh, but to, you know, sort of establish the veneer of legitimacy that, that, you know, that gaslights, right? That tells us like, no, 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 we're not, you know, harming you. We, we love, you know, black people. We should teach black people, but we should, you know, we should just do so in a way that teaches the benefits of slavery, right? I mean, this, this is a, a classic example of policy violence. And we're seeing this across the board. We're seeing this with, you know, professors, uh, you know, being having their career threatened at Texas A&M uh, because they say something that could be construed as critical of an elected official and, and risk losing their job before they even get home. Right. We're seeing this just sort of broad chilling effect across the board. And um, I think the question we have to explore, Manuel, is how to oppose this. My stance would be that right now, we have, uh, from a political standpoint, an utterly ineffective and even non-existent uh, opposition party. Uh, you know that, like, there is no real organized political resistance or none that we can rely on right now uh, to this. We are seeing some examples that perhaps could be built upon and maybe are good things, like Governor Newsom. Uh, fining or threatening, you know, to levy a fine against Temecula for their, uh, you know, homophobic refusal to adopt the social studies curriculum. Um, like that's an actual power move that I think we should demand and expect from political leaders to oppose these kinds of efforts. And I think, Manuel, we can't rest on our laurels. Like we, we need to both organize within the profession. We also need to be doing some organizing with families and, and community. And I think at the center of it all, Manuel, is language, is we have to talk about what's happening as the form of violent attack that it is, right? The policy violence. What they are trying to do is do real oppressive harm to marginalized kids and communities. They are trying to suppress the self-esteem, the knowledge, the, um, you know, belief and confidence, the, um, the life expectancy, the career prospects, the trajectory through higher education, the ability to, uh, to empower oneself and one's community economically. They are trying to suppress all of that with this broad swath of policies that are intruding into public education right now. And it starts with the curriculum. It moves on to the pedagogy and the, you know, what teachers are allowed to talk about. Um, and this, this, like, if we describe it this way, I think that will begin to shift people's sense of urgency about the need for a response. This isn't a legitimate debate of ideas. This is a extreme right-wing violent agenda that's trying to convince you that slavery wasn't that bad. Slavery was good, right? Not only, you know, was it not that bad, it, like you ungrateful Negroes really should be thanking us because we snatched you from Africa and brought you Jesus and civilization, okay? And of course, I'm saying this with all intended 
satire here. But, um, you know, th- this is what's happening. We have to name it as such. The, the sort of talking head CNN crap we see on cable news, where it's always just a debate between two sides and there's no moral center uh, to the conversation, or, not, or I shouldn't say center in the political sense, but like there's no moral right and wrong um, in the conversation. We have to skip that entirely. Um, this is absolutely morally wrong and harmful. There is no doubt about that. <laughs> and we have to be speaking about it as as such. Right. And treat it as the threat that it is. We need our elected officials to use all means at their disposal, fines, lawsuits, gumming up their, you know, political apparatus, threatening to withhold funds, um, the using the bully pulpit and, and just embarrassing these people and calling them out like whatever means necessary, because we know there's not a majority in the Florida legislature, or the Texas legislature, or even local areas, you know, where school boards have been taken over by these right wing folks to be able to use the normal apparatus of votes to, you know, to uh, to like win a quiet, comfortable debate. Right. We have to agitate. Um, I think then also internally, Manuel, professionally, we have to really be thinking like what is from a teacher union perspective, from an administrator union perspective, like folks are coming for our jobs. So what's the legal defense strategy? What's the resources that we need to be setting aside to support folks who are going to be on the front line of taking these risks and potentially lose their job while they're fighting, you know, appealing a case up through the courts or those sorts of things like these are real organizing and preparatory kinds of things that I think need to be happening. I'm not maybe they are. I'm certainly unaware of it. Haven't heard, haven't even heard a whisper. So I think these are the kinds of things, man. Well, we got to do um, that would be effective in resisting this type of policy violence. Yeah, there's a lot there, and um, I, I want to go back to how you started, which is yeah, talking about any of these news stories in a classroom in like half the country now could be grounds uh, for a problem if you are a teacher, which is. Uh, that's I, I mean, that's that just that says a lot right there. I think when we started the show, when we first started all of the above way back when it's like right when Trump got elected. And I, I even then, as dark and gloomy as every everything seemed, I don't think I don't think I could have conceptualized that it'd get this bad this quickly, you know, to have this many all these headlines in just one week, just the taste like to to think that like a teacher wouldn't even be able to like talk about some of this stuff. Uh, some of these news stories in their in their room to think about the professor like before she even made it home she was suspended for criticizing lieutenant governor like what the hell um yeah but okay so taking taking all this together yeah i i i do agree like this is policy violence one of the i guess you know more optimistic sides of of these items becoming a headline the florida changes to african-american history standards that whole slavery and the skills that enslaved folks might have developed, that reached such a level of attention that I was getting messages and texts from friends who don't follow any education stuff, who certainly don't listen to my show, like just totally unplugged from education type stuff. And we're like, what the hell? What the hell? So um, 
that I think has brought to light for a lot of folks who weren't who otherwise weren't really aware of just how bad it's gotten. I think that's brought a lot of this um, ridiculousness to light in a way that perhaps, you know, we could start to see some shift in momentum and some pushback now that folks are like, whoa, that's what they're on that. Like, that's what they're doing down there. So I, you know, if anything like that, that one little line from the Florida standards, which is not even the worst part of the standards, I I think it's the most shocking, the one that jumps out at you, but like all of those standards are, are just trash. They're talking about um, you know, uh, black conservatives in there and teaching young kids about these, uh, you know, right wing black folks who it's just, you know, they're talking about teaching folks about the loyalty displayed by, um, black Americans during the American revolution, even though George Washington was like, hell no, I don't want no black folks. Like there's, it's just the whole, the standards are a wreck, but that one line was like the perfect line to hit the news cycle and get folks attention. So to me, that that's like a, something we could build on, but yeah, uh, to your point of like what's being done, it's hard to keep track of all that's being done because there is so much happening all at once. So you mentioned like what's the legal defense strategy and where would the unions be? You know, for when teachers, you know, there are lawsuits happening. I saw a headline, um, I think last night when I was just scrolling through stuff um, about a set of teachers in Tennessee who are um, suing against the t- Tennessee's version of their anti-CRT law. And I forget what organization, because I wasn't anticipating talking about it on the show today, but some organization that they're, I don't think it's the ACLU, but it might be, um, that they're paired up with. And that's advancing through the court system. So like there are some legal things happening. And of course, we're seeing we're seeing some politicians try to use the bully pulpit to the extent possible. Tony Thurman showing up to that school board. Here in California, the state superintendent showing up to that school board and, and having his mic cut off, whether or not like the mic was cut off because, you know, two minute public comment and he hit his two minutes or or what? Because, you know, it frankly, it doesn't matter because it hit the news cycle because the like state superintendent of public instruction wasn't given space to share and discuss a very critically important uh, policy that was about to be voted on in a school board like that hit the news cycle. And now and and then removed by oh, the yeah, police. Yeah, that part, too, which Attently. is. Yeah. But removed by the police. Yeah, Yeah. Uh, that part too. So like, you know, that's brought up to folks' attention, like what's happening in some of these districts and what they're voting uh, voting through. Uh, Governor Newsom threatening that fine, like that got Temecula to back down. And also there's legislation in the pipeline. I forget which which bill number my teach plus California folks are going to get on me for that. But like there is a legislation um, advancing about uh, restricting the uh, capacity of local school districts to ban certain materials like, you know, banning books and, and curriculum materials, which we've seen um, elsewhere. So like, you know, there's a lot of stuff happening. It's just hard because the headlines, the attacks are so strong and the attacks are coming at like such a rapid pace. And a small thing like Kamala Harris giving a speech in Jacksonville and lambasting these uh, Florida these uh or trashing these florida standards like yeah okay that's the vice president just giving a speech and what's behind a speech but like already that's causing rifts within the republican party because some black republicans actually came out and started criticizing those uh changes to the curriculum and then desantis is fired back saying that you know these these guys are are washington dc republicans and this and that so like those little fractures yeah they're not a lot and they're they you know, who knows how far they'll go at all, but it's something. And I think it's going to take everything together, all of our collective efforts together to put a stop to this, because this, uh, these attacks on 
curriculum, on standards, these attacks on black folks, these attacks on marginalized perspectives, these attacks on our uh, young queer students, like all of this stuff is happening so quickly and it's going to take effort, unified effort to like put a stop to it and put things back, put things back in place. It's not like we were even like, you know, a, a, a very progressive school system in the first place. We weren't like a lot of this. Uh, and that's a whole nother story of uh, the extent to which any of this uh, so-called CRT stuff was even happening in the first place in terms of teachers uh, rightfully helping students interrogate race and uh, racism, homophobia and transphobia and all these things. So, um, so yeah, but I'm also thinking about all the institutions that are quietly going along with this, particularly curriculum providers. So Florida is so influential in the curriculum space in terms of textbooks and um, just curriculum that that gets created and and adopted and, and offered that shows up in other states. Florida is so influential. And one thing that I would love to see action on is like us calling out and putting on blast whatever publishers, whatever folks are out there modifying their materials in order to meet Florida laws. So I don't, you know, I don't know the extent to which Princess Hall and McDougal Littell and all these big publishers, I don't know the extent to which they've, you know, shifted some language here and shifted some stuff there to make sure their textbooks fly under the radar and still get purchased and adopted in Florida. But they got to be put on blast. Like there are multiple databases online where you could type in a school district or, um, a particular state and, you know, see the uh, a full list of information of which teachers, which school board members, which this and that are so-called woke, are so-called indoctrinating kids. There's all these databases where you could, you know, you could type in such and such unified school district and it'll be like, this district passed a resolution in support of its queer youth. This is indoctrinating. And like, you could find that information. I don't know of a database where I could type in and see like, okay, who's coward to this stuff? Who's gone ahead and uh, modified their storybooks in order to still be approved in Florida. Like, I want to know who's quietly going along with it because to me, that's a rallying point for teachers. Why should I, if I were a school board member, um, vote to adopt something that like has been altered to meet what's happening in Florida? Like, that's, that's a space. Obviously, we talked about the college board. They freaking suck. They had a huge opportunity right there to take a stand. Um, but maybe our, university systems in California. We mentioned maybe the UC system and Cal State University system needs to take a look at applicants from other states and whether or not their U.S. history is going to count given what's happening to the standards in their states. So it's going to take a lot, but hey, we got this. We could do it. They've advanced so much in these last just couple of years. There's no way like the majority, I think the majority of educators, the majority of communities and families, the majority of us are like, like there's no way that we can't push back and set things right and then get things to the humanizing space that we want them to be in. So, yeah, man. Yeah. Now, I, I appreciate those words, Manuel. And I, I, I guess I would say in response, um, it's a 100 percent certainty uh, <laughs> to what you were just talking about. All of the major curriculum developers have a long historical record of, oh, and yeah. I'm sure they are actively right now uh, making their curriculum an expression of the intended policy violence of the, you know, the Greg Abbott's and the Ron DeSantis's and all of the many, many, many names that we don't get to hear about in this equation. All the Republican legislatures and the Democrats who sit quietly and, and let this happen. Uh, the major publishers are absolutely 
uh, changing the curriculum in response to this. Some of it is going to be like overtly they're they're putting in overtly racist stuff like the benefits of slavery, right? Or the import of workers from Africa, you know, <laughs> or the, you know, erasure of indigenous people or the sort of, you know, talking about America as though it was an empty vessel that, that the enlightened pilgrims arrived to and, you know, brought civilization and industrialization and freedom and this sort of thing, right? Like that is absolutely happening. And it's going to be getting worse based on these other things, because at best, what they will start doing is removing some of the good stuff that was in the curriculum, right? So we will start to see the removal of, you know, let's take a figure like, um, you know, say like an Audrey Lord or something, right? Like we'll be like, well, you know, we'll take that quote out of this page of the textbook right. and instead we'll just put in something that, you know, Robert F. Kennedy said or, you know, these kinds of things, right? And we'll see more and more of that is just the the removal of voices uh, from marginalized folks, the removal of voices from folks who have been the most critical of the kind of status quo. Right. And uh, so I think it is a 100 percent certainty that that has happened. It is happening and will continue to happen for now uh, unless these folks start paying a real penalty uh, as such. So. So that, I guess, is, is, is point one. You know, point two is I, I really hope that what folks are taking away from this, Manuel, is that this is a nationwide problem. This is our problem. This problem is a lot like climate change in the sense that it, it is you might not live next door to the smokestack. So you might not, you know, have a, a, a thin layer of soot on the on your windows every day or whatever right and uh, and and that might not be your present reality and you are not any safer <laughs> from the effects of this because you're not right next door to the smokestack right like the the storms that are coming that will flood your home are coming for you, whether you live next door to the smokestack or whether you live in a nice, clean part of town or whatever, right? Or part of your state. And I think there's, there's sort of a metaphor for this, right? Which is like these smokestacks, these folks who are just puffing out and churning out this toxic, hate-filled policy violence agenda, right? Who are pushing forward policies, systems, practices that are intentionally harmful to black folks, to Latino folks, to Asian folks, to native folks, to LGBTQ folks, to women, to all the various intersections of those populations that we know exist, to poor and low income folks, to rural folks, to folks on reservations, to folks in the inner cities and, and, and in the hood. Like this is, this is coming. Even if we live in places where when you go to your school board meeting, you don't see these, you know, these folks showing up in your local context. Right. It is it is a ripple effect that affects us all. And therefore, the the urgency and the responsibility around organizing against this also uh, impacts us all, uh, because if we sit quietly and just allow this to fester, it is coming for us, even here in liberal California, it's already here in many places. And and we are just, a you know, 
historically speaking, uh, a couple of seconds past the, you know, the election of some of the most notorious conservatives this country has ever known. You know, Cal people talk about California like it's this, you know, hippie liberal wonderland or whatever, right? This is the same state that brought you Richard Nixon and the same state that brought you Ronald Reagan, right? And the same state that currently brings you Kevin McCarthy, right? Like this, this is the reality of America. It's like these folks are next door to us and, um, and they need to know that we are not going to sit quietly and allow this type of policy violence to go on, you know, without opposition. So I know folks, I know there are folks organizing. I was perhaps a little dismissive of that earlier. So my apologies, but I guess what I'm saying is there, the, the nature of the threat is much larger than I think we, than I think our response would indicate right now. Um, and I, and that I think the, the level of like proactivity among both elected officials, community organizing folks, and just in the language that we use that, that it requires. So I hope that just the events of the last week will have us thinking a little differently. Yeah. I hope so too. And I really wish just as a classroom teacher, I really wish the teaching profession teachers across the country were close enough to being on the same page about this, that we could really have the national demonstration against all this. Because I think, I want to say, I, I hope most teachers, most teachers um, see the danger here and see how wrong um, all this all this is. I don't know that most do, though. I think a lot are just, you know, scared of, you know, not wanting to get in trouble. And so, like, you know, that's kind of like as far as the thinking goes about some of this. Um, and I think, you know, obviously there's a huge swath of teachers who are politically conservative and think this stuff is all excellent. Like there's, you know, we had that story about how, like, what is it, 20 percent of teachers said that they would um, go ahead and be armed on campus if they were allowed to. So, like, I know I know there are um, some right wing folks in the teaching profession, but. I'm just thinking about what it would look like, considering just even the college board, how, you know, just leaning on them since they are uh, of all these stories, like they're one of the ones that are just national, like by default. And thinking about how massive it would be if all the teachers of AP courses refused to teach AP or took, you know, a week or even two weeks and protested outside of schools against the college board cowering to these these uh, harmful, harmful pieces of legislation. What that would look like and what that would do and the pressure that that would put on the college board. And then what power the college board would have to really resist some of this stuff if they really went ahead and said, we're pulling our stuff from states where our um, our curriculum is under threat of being um, banned, censored, whatever, whatever. Like if we can't legitimately put forth a high quality African-American studies program in a state that doesn't violate their BS laws, like we're just not going to offer AP programming in that state. Like that would just be so powerful. Like teachers could put that pressure on the college board and the college board could put that pressure. But teachers, I just, you know, we're the fact is we're not all on the same page about stuff. Um, plenty of teachers out there maybe think that, you know, this isn't as, as bad as it seems. Or maybe a lot of teachers don't even know because they don't listen to shows like ours. They don't really follow all of the headlines like they you know teaching is such a difficult profession in the first place you know who knows the extent to which um i don't know it's just i i really think that like this is 
All of this together calls for national movement and everybody has a role to play. And if the teachers walked out, I think that would especially right now that like a lot of folks who don't follow any of these issues are like seeing the the headlines about Florida's standards around slavery and and understanding how like just the buffoonery that's happening i think if teachers walked out right now a lot of folks would understand why they're doing it and a lot of folks would be calling for uh these things to change or to be rolled back because obviously like folks need teachers to show up to school because who's going to watch their kids and i don't know man there's there's so much potential there for a massive national general strike if you want to call it that but yeah i just know teachers aren't really on the same page like that and i really wish we were because that would be a powerful lever and until that happens, and I know the unions, I get all kinds of union communications uh, about the uh, danger of these laws and about pushing back. So I know the unions politically are like, they get it too. But like the teachers within the unions aren't all on, we're, we're just, we're a diverse bunch. We're a diverse bunch. And not every teacher believes that um, their teaching of math has anything to do with race or equity or anything like that. So we got a lot of work to do as a profession, but we're going to get there. In the meantime, everybody who is up, up on it, it's our duty to continue to spread the word for sure, but continue to explore what we can do for sure. And, um, continue to fight the good fight, man, because this is a, <laughs> it feels like we're losing the fight. Not that education needs to be a fight. I don't want to, you know, it, that's not a term that even needs to be part of it. But like, here we are fighting for our lives um, in the, in the case of just like being seen and acknowledged and having our histories and our humanity centered and acknowledged and respected, like, man, so anyway, somebody out there who's listening, who's like in the tech space, like build that database so we can see what the curriculum publishers are doing. Like use AI if you got to. I'm pretty sure it'd be easy to um, develop something to where we could look up like what changes has Prentice Hall made? What changes has this place? And just like we could start there and be like, look, this place cowered to DeSantis. And not that this is like a cancel culture thing, because I hate that term and I hate the implications of that term. But like we could organize against the folks who are enabling this movement, enabling this right wing right wing push like we could definitely mobilize against it so yo if you're listening tech person who has time to spare uh build that database man let us let let us start there man that's something yeah you know i think that example you just gave manuel is really fascinating about um what i was saying earlier about language right that right now we are operating in a in a sort of language uh environment that has been largely established and set and influenced by the very people who are actively committing this policy violence and like intend us intend to do us harm right and so the even the language that we use to describe what's happening consciously or unconsciously we find ourselves using because we have not established the language landscape right so all we have to talk about what you were just naming is phrases like cancel culture or now they've co-opted the word woke which like (laughs) you know they won't define because what they mean they know is just problematic and racist but the actual (laughs) you know meaning is actually a beautiful thing that everyone should aspire to be, which is like aware of the humanity and needs and dignity and experience of others around you and be attentive and sensitive to the, to that landscape. Right. And so I think we have to do some real intentional work on the language front to name what these folks are doing 
and talk about it like that. These folks are supporting policy yeah. violence. These folks are racist, sexist, homophobic, hateful. These folks are engaged in, a, you know, psychological warfare. These folks are carrying out an, a, an a, you know, an agenda of oppression and harm. These folks, you know, are opposed to policies that are good for kids and families and communities. Like I'm, and I'm sure out there in the world, there's like much more succinct and like, you know, there's better, even catchier or whatever language that could be come up with, but we can't talk about them on their terms because they, they are masterful at, at having language oh, yeah. that paints them as the protagonist of the story always. You know, uh, think, think of things like the, like the phrase pro-life. Okay. We cannot let, let, let them pro-lifeify <laughs> this discussion about education, <laughs> right? The very people who say they're pro-life yeah. are the very people who are out here with guns killing us in the street. They're the very people who love the death penalty. They're the very people who, you know, want to reduce food stamp benefits and starve poor children in this country. Like all of that, all of that. There ain't nothing about them that's pro-life. At all, I would argue, except Religious the fact freedom. that, yeah, except the fact that they kind of maybe care about fetuses. Okay. So like we have to set the debate that these people are anti-life, <laughs> you know, these, these people are pro-violence, right? Um, and we are pro-peace and we are not going to be okay with their pro-violence perspective. Right. And so we, we have to figure it out. I'm not saying I got all the answers here, but I, but I feel confident in saying like that is going to be an important component of the, of this fight. Yes. That man, well, I feel you on the, you know, frustration with that. We didn't ask for this fight, but they are fighting us and, and we have to resist. Uh, and so, you know, that, that is our charge. We didn't ask for it, but it's here. And, uh, you know, the stakes are incredibly high for the kinds of for us as people and the kinds of kids and communities that we serve. Yeah. And that's that on that. All right, Jeff, that was just this week's headlines. So we'll see what the week ahead has in store for us um, with regards to all these issues here. Now, folks, as I mentioned at the top of this, it's gonna be a minute till we have another super dope guest in the building just because we are both extraordinarily busy working on getting ready for the school year. And of course, it's a two-person operation here. We are both full-time, full-time educators. We are not like in the some of the other spaces of folks who have the ability to produce content because they don't have their day-to-day -day working job uh, like we do, so it, it's, takes us a minute. So we're going to hit you with some more passing periods in the meantime, because passing periods are a lot easier um, for us to produce, even though it's still a Saturday morning uh, over here, uh, getting all riled up over this stuff. But um, but yeah, so we'll see what the headlines of this coming week look like. We definitely want to remind everybody that like, you know, we see you, we're with you, we're all in this together for sure. And we will hopefully hopefully get to a place where we have a uh, all, of the, all of the above episode or passing period where there's like nothing really happening because everything's nice and peachy and things are working the way they're supposed to be working. So let's just talk about sports instead. Hopefully we'll reach that point. If not, it might be a 
there's so much happening and it's all so depressing. Let's talk about sports for a minute and get away from it. Um, so it might be that. But go ahead and leave us a, a review. Let us know what you think about any of these stories. Uh, definitely links in the uh, links below this episode uh, to all those stories. And it's a lot of them. Um, and yeah, that's about it, man. Anything else, Jeff, before we get out of here? I don't know. Nope. It's, it's a big All question right. to ask in this moment, man. Well, I'm like, oh my God, there's so many things happening in the world right now. Uh, I, I will just say that uh, if you are feeling motivated by some of what we just talked about, uh, one thing that you can do to both make a statement and offer some uh, measure of support to this operation here is visit our website, which is aotashow.com. And at the top, you'll see a little button that says support. You can also just type in to your local neighborhood browser, aotashow.com slash support. And there you can get some all the above show merch, some swag. Uh, we have very reasonably priced uh, T-shirts, our best selling item, which is the teach the truth, the whole truth and nothing but the truth uh, T-shirts. There are a bunch of different cool varieties to support different, you know, identities, communities, you know, get your color swag on. It's, it's pretty cool, I have to say. And um, I think one small step that you can do is get that shirt, rock it in the, in, in the spaces and places where it might be safe, but perhaps a little bit provocative to, uh, you know, to introduce that, um, that statement into the air and maybe have some conversation with the folks about why you, you know, you are wearing that shirt and what it means and, and how this stuff impacts us all. And so, uh, get your own teacher truth t-shirt. It's again, it's aotashow.com slash support. AOTA, like all of the above. And uh, that also helps us out. We get a few bucks for each, you know, each shirt that's sold helps us keep producing the show. So please do that if you are so inclined and uh, give us that thumbs up, the five star, pass this podcast along to uh, someone in your family who might be interested. We would be greatly appreciative if you did that. Yeah. All right, folks. That about does it for this week's passing period. We'll be back at you next week, probably. And if we're not, that just means we're we're busy. So we'll be back at you as soon as we can. All right. So everybody heading back to school sometime soon and getting ready. Uh, shout out to you. Hopefully you have a fantastic week ahead. And everybody that's still on break for a while, East Coast folks, New York area folks. Um, hey, man, stay cool. I hear it's hot out there. So uh, yeah, man, enjoy the rest of your break. And we'll be back at you sometime soon. All right. We love y'all. Now it's time for you to get go ahead and get to class.